first thing in the morning. It's first thing on WJR. Here's Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Well, things have gone from bad to worse in the war between Hamas and Israel. Um, there's a real diplomatic and, and PR nightmare uh, brewing. Of course, Renee, yesterday we got word that uh, uh, a hospital in Gaza was hit uh, by a bombing. And uh, and now there's a lot of finger pointing going on. Yeah, at least 500 people have been killed. That's the last number I saw. Yeah. And you know what? The first number I saw was 500. I'm glad you brought that up because the first number I saw is 500. And and now it kind of seems like the news organizations aren't aren't quite ready to commit to a number because now it's a little more vague. Yeah. It says hundreds. So I don't know if that means that. they overestimated with the five with the five hundred, or worse, underestimated with the oh, five hundred. Um, but of course, Hamas is blaming Israel. They're saying it was an airstrike. Israel is blaming another Palestinian uh, group called the Jihad group, um, and you know Israel is 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 racing to release pictures and evidence, saying that there is l- lack of structural damage, which would rule out an airstrike as the culprit. And uh, it, right now, it seems like uh, the the Arab nations are not buying what Israel uh, is 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 saying was the reason for this bombing, um, or or the, uh, the 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 culprit of this bombing. Um, President Biden was traveling to the region to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Also, he was going to meet with um, heads of state for Jordan, Egypt. Even Mahmoud Abbas, the president of the Palestinian Authority, and that summit was canceled um, because uh, the people involved at this point believe that Israel was responsible for the attack. And there's a whole bunch of uh, protests that are are breaking out in the West Bank and other Palestinian uh, territories. And the way that they described the situation at that hospital, uh, they said that there was fire engulfing the building. Uh, the grounds were strewn with torn bodies, many of them young children. Right. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I, I think we're at the point now where we're we're separating Hamas, um, the terrorists from innocent civilians who are caught up in the middle of it on the Gaza Strip. And uh, to be honest, Renee, I wouldn't even rule out Hamas doing this to themselves to turn public opinion against Israel because it seems like just about everyone um, right now is blaming Israel. And it, it really seems to have kind of undone the work that Anthony Blinken has been doing for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, the, it's a real powder keg. I know that Iran and Hezbollah have just been itching to get involved in this. And uh, so so we'll see. We'll see. Um, And speaking of Hamas, we said yesterday that they said that they were, quote unquote, uh, open to release hostages under the right conditions. We found out what those conditions are. Uh, A top Hamas official talked to Richard Engel from NBC yesterday, and he said that the conditions uh, were if Israel stops the bombing, then they'll start releasing hostages. Whether you trust them on that or not um, is is open for interpretation, to say the least. Yeah, you can't take anything at face value that they say. It just changes hour by hour, it seems. Right. 
And so, you know, I think what we're going to see today is we're going to see Israel really make a push to try to release as much evidence that it can that it had nothing to do with this hospital bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, you know, it, who who is going to listen to the evidence? And even if they have strong evidence that said it wasn't us, it was another Palestinian group, um, you know, uh, is there is there so much anger and mistrust right now that it doesn't matter um, what they say? Yeah. Well, we will wait and see. A new day, new news stories tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, like I said, I, I mean, th- this situation is evolving and deteriorating so quickly that I feel like as soon as we uh, report the uh, uh, the latest update, it's um, it, it's outdated. Speaking of deteriorating. How about our house? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Jim Jordan yesterday, he failed to get those 217 votes needed in the first round of voting to become speaker, which we uh, we anticipated. Yeah. Um, 20 Republicans voted no, including John James uh, here in Michigan. In fact, Democratic nominee Hakeem Jeffries got the most votes. He got 212 votes. He, he, he himself was only five votes away from becoming speaker because the uh, uh, the Democrats voted unanimously for him. Um, there's pro- there's probably going to be another vote sometime today. But, uh, you know, Ray, I was watching um, I, I was watching um, my cable news channels and I caught the opening arguments, I guess, so to speak, where um, where um, um, Elise Stefanik. She officially nominated Jim Jordan on the Republican side. Pete Aguilar from California nominated Hakeem Jeffries on the Democrat side. And Pete Aguilar said something when he was nominated Jeffries. He said, this is the history we didn't want to make. And it's like, hello, Democrats voted unanimously along with those other eight Republicans to remove Kevin McCarthy. So you definitely did ask for this. And I think, honestly... As much as I love blaming Republicans, I think Democrats are being let off the hook here because, um, you know, they're the opposing party and and maybe they can't be expected to think independently for a second. Uh, But eight Republicans were going to uh, nominate someone. Did they think that that eight Republicans were going to nominate someone more moderate than McCarthy? Have they seen Republicans lately? Jim Jordan, he's a rubber stamp for Donald Trump, and he was texting Mark Meadows ways they could stop the certification of the election before January 6th. And uh, if the House elects someone more radical than McCarthy, Democrats only have themselves to blame. So to say this is not the history we wanted to make, it's kind of disingenuous because you you all voted along with those eight Republicans to uh, get rid of Kevin McCarthy, and now we're in this mess. It's like they don't even know what they're talking. They're They don't even know what they're saying anymore. They don't remember what they're doing anymore. <laughs> They've gone round and round in circles so many times. Yeah, and you know, I love Debbie Dingell. She's my former uh, representative, and I voted for her every time she was on the ballot. But she came on Guy's show last week, and she said this is uh, a Republican issue. But it's not. But it's not. And, and, and I think that there's such low expectations of bipartisanship that, yes, Matt Gates and those eight Republicans who voted McCarthy out are, are, are to blame for this. But Democrats didn't help. So let's let's stop pretending that this is completely on the Republicans. I have an idea. Let's just put everybody's name in a hat and draw a name. Let's make it a raffle. Right. 
I think we can get more accomplished. Yeah, you know, uh, what, what, who is that uh, uh, Commander Biden? You know, he's not doing anything. Yeah, he's got free time. He's a he's a bull. He, he's a uh, he's aggressive. Yeah, he's aggressive. Let's <laughs> vote him in. Um, and uh, before we get to break, an external investigation of Michigan State's response to February's mass shooting that left three dead and five injured. Uh, was conducted by an outside agency. It says that the university's response was appropriate, timely, and correct. Um, but it also said that, uh, you know, there were preemptive measures that could have been taken that weren't. And and I think they've um, recommended like 13 or 14 yep. um, safety protocols they can put into place, which um, they have since, but... Um, you know, it's sad that uh, it took something like this to look at, uh, you, you know, safety protocols. And hopefully this can uh, serve as a wake up call to other institutions to maybe be more preemptive before tragedy strikes. Right. It sounds like overall the actions that they took were correct. After the fact. After right. the fact. Yeah. But maybe we should be looking at this beforehand at other other universities and, well, and not just schools. Yeah, and anywhere anywhere should have some kind of plan. Unfortunately, some kind of action plan. Right, anywhere there's a bunch of people who could be at safety risk. Right. Um, you know, I, everyone should be kind of looking at this and saying, okay, how how should we be planning ahead in, in case the unthinkable happens? Right. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitali, and WJR. The last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR. All right. So uh, President Biden, within the past hour, has landed in Israel. Uh, His trip over there uh, has changed dramatically since uh, he actually uh, took off in his airplane. Um, 500 dead Last number we heard in a bombing uh, at a hospital in Gaza. Hamas is blaming Israel, saying it was an airstrike. Israel saying that it was another Palestinian group. They're they're racing to release evidence that uh, uh, it could not have been an airstrike because of uh, there's no structural damage, and and they're and they're trying to release video showing that it was a ground attack, not um, a, an airstrike from Israel. So the uh, public relations arms race is on. And Biden is still going to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He was supposed to have a summit with uh, the moderate head of Palestine, as long as well as heads of state with Egypt and Jordan. Um, those three uh, entities are blaming Israel for the hospital bombing, and they called it off. So uh, things have gotten uh, exponentially more tenuous over there, Renee. And things could change in an hour. All of those facts that you just gave could be different facts in an hour. And uh, it seemed like Anthony Blinken was actually kind of making some progress with Mahmoud Abbas, the uh, head of Palestine. And then, um, you know, obviously after this bombing, um, all, all, all progress that Blinken might have been making uh, seems like it's been undone. Right. Um, the latest in the Mel Tucker saga, he <sighs> is calling for... Um, the temporary restraining order on text messages between his accuser, Brenda Tracy, and her now deceased friend and um, assistant to be removed. This is from Click on Detroit. Tucker's attorneys have the phones and the messages. They claim that Tra- Tracy misled 
MSU and the public by providing select excerpts of these messages. Tracy's lawyers, they got a temporary restraining order so those messages could not be revealed in their entirety, claiming personal info on sexual assault survivors could potentially be released. And we've been talking about this, Renee. Uh, obviously, you want to protect the um, the privacy of, of people who have nothing to do with this. But in the interest of fairness, there's got to be some way to do that while still allowing uh, the courts and the committees who are having these hearings to see uh, these text messages so right. that they get the full story. Right. There's, there has to be some kind of happy medium. I don't understand how the victims are relevant to the case anyway. Or, or not the victims, but her clients. Yeah, yeah the people she's counseling. Right. And, and that's that's who she says that she's concerned about. You know, these tech, all, all, her text messages aren't all pertaining to this. She She talks to a lot of sexual assault survivors who she right. counsels and that's so, who they're trying to protect i don't understand how that's relevant anyway but they're in the like you said to keep it fair yeah you do need the other side of the story yeah and, and i don't know if there could be an embargo where these these text messages are only seen by by people in courts and people in hearings or if uh you know there there's a way that um um, they can redact yeah the names yeah but i i i do understand the need to protect folks, but also you need, you know, Mel Tucker needs to be able to to tell his full side of the story as well. Uh, apparently, Renee, it's celebrity book season, and uh, Britney Spears is 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 writing about stuff that really feels like none of my business, but it's all over the place. Yeah, Jada Pinkett, not the only one dropping truth bombs on us. By the way, you know, if nothing else, thank you to Brittany and JT for at least knocking Will and Jada off the front page. Oh, right. Uh, Brittany, she's detonating a few bombs in her upcoming memoir, The Woman in Me. It, it goes on sale next Tuesday. Uh, this has to be the biggest one. She says that she had an abortion when she was dating Justin Timberlake. And according to her, it was his idea. Quote, Justin Definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy. He said that we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. Because at this time, she's saying that they were like 19 years old. Uh, She adds, quote, I don't know if that was the right decision. If it had been left up to me alone, I would have never have done it. And yet Justin was so sure that he didn't want to be the father. She says it was, quote, one of the most agonizing things that I've ever experienced in my life. Now, Brittany also reveals why she shaved her head back in 2007. She said, I've been... And eyeballed so much growing up. I've been looked up, uh, looked at up and down and had people telling me that they thought of my body since I was a teenager. Ugh. Shaving my head and acting out were my ways of pushing back. And not long after that, she was in a conservatorship, an abusive one. According to her, she says, I didn't deserve what my family did to me. Yeah. And, and, and look, the, the decision to have an abortion is such a such a personal one that, um, you know, it, it's so personal and, and, and I feel just just weird talking about it. Um, but what you said about her shaving her head, it, it's so heartbreaking because the more I learn about these former child stars and the way they're, they're, they're treated, the more I'm convinced, unless you really have a protective parent watching over you, getting your kids involved in show business is almost a form of child abuse. I feel like it literally kills their soul. Like you said, Britney Spears, she shaved her head in 2007 because she was sick of, sick of being sexualized from the time she was like right? 16 years old. She was underage. And it can be done, right? Because you look at a Taylor Swift. Essentially, she was a teenager. She was a very young girl yeah. when she got into show business. Her mother was very protective of her. 
I think it's safe to say she's turned out okay thus far. And, you know, the other person involved in the story, J- Justin Timberlake, it seems like um, he has been able to become a functional adult. Now, right. now, you know, it sounds like he did some things that uh, were a little unscrupulous when he was younger. But yeah, Are you I, referring to this? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm taking this with a grain of salt right now. And the only reason I say that, his people haven't responded, nor have Britney's people responded. Yeah. And when your own people aren't coming to your defense. Yeah, and they could just say, look, everything, every, everything we have to say is in the book. But, um, they could. Yeah. Or she's cray. <laughs> could. You decide. I guess <laughs> you're going to have to buy the book to the side. <laughs> you know, it's Brittany. But it, you know Brittany, where. Brittany. Yeah. You, you know where this kind of child star thing really clicked for me? Because it, obviously, Brittany's about my age. So um, when the phenomena was happening, um, you know, I was kind of blind to, uh, to, to kind of all, all the all the ways that like the media and the public kind of dehumanize child stars. Cause we see the, you know, we don't see them as human beings. They're rich, they're famous. So they're indestructible. They're right. So they're indestructible. Sure. Who cares if you, you know, who cares if, uh, you know, you're constantly tearing them down, they're rich and, and their money will console them. Uh, this really clicked for me when, when Billie Eilish came on the scene, I was mm-hmm. probably in my early thirties, you know, her, so- her first song was very aggressive and over sexualized, I mean, she was a child. She wasn't even 18 yet. She's singing about seducing people's dads. And then you have the entire world just saying terrible things about her. Right. And I'm just like, this kid's not, this kid's still in her, in her teens. Does she even understand what she's singing? Exactly. Right. And so I think maybe it was a little bit of her people, but of course the backlash against her was was so swift and so vitriolic that I'm like, you know what? I, I kind of have a policy now that... If you're not a legal adult, I'm I'm not going to publicly criticize you. Yeah, I agree. That's a good policy. Because I think of the stupid things I've said, stupid things I did when I was 18, when I was in my early 20s. And the only thing that's saving my butt is that nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. If, if I were like a public figure, you can go back to any of my, you know, social media posts from when I was 20 and I say something stupid and it, it's not who I am anymore. Have but you ever looked at your Facebook memories from like 14 years ago? I know. I'm embarrassed and I was in my early 30s. You know, there was a, a brief time, I think, in my early 20s. I, I had this alter ego called Alt-Right Mike. <laughs> and like, I just have these like these hot takes that could be. And it's not alt right, Mike. It's alt wrong, Mike. Alt wrong, Mike. <laughs> right, all wrong, Mike. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, this is 180 degrees from who I used to be, but this lives on because you know i I read a I I, I read an article on on I guess it was Yahoo back then or Facebook back then, and I got all riled up and and it was telling me what to be outraged about. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to speak out about this, and so I'm like, angry. And I'm like, this guy's an idiot. Who is this guy? Oh, that's me when I was 21. But thank God you weren't in a public eye. Right, exactly. Right. And you know what? I'm sure I might say something stupid on, on this show that 10 years from now, I'm like, We do Ugh. it daily. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just don't listen. Rule of thumb uh, to protect my future self, just don't listen to anything I say on this show. <laughs> no, wait, okay. we need that. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's been nice working with you tonight. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. I might want to turn the right microphone on. Hey! Yeah, there we are. 
I thought it was me. Sorry, I'm new. <laughs> we just were getting ready in here and weren't paying attention. I thought I'm, my hearing was going. I was like, <laughs> what's going on? I'm trying this new thing where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make it sound like I'm shouting from the other room. Not a lot of people on radio are doing that nowadays. You're a trendsetter. Yeah. So, hey, welcome in, Guy Lloyd and Jamie from, from JR Morning. Uh, uh, Good morning. Good morning. It's all uphill from here. Um, <laughs> so... President Biden has quite a, a, a diplomatic uphill battle um, here as uh, his trip over to Israel. Uh, it changed it, this this trip changed dramatically from the time Joe Biden took off on Air Force One to when he landed. Of course, that uh, terrible bombing at that hospital in Gaza. Um, last did, I, did I not say yesterday that there was huge political you peril did. there? Because if something horrible happens, he's going to have to ride that out. That's no. right. And, of course, you also said yesterday, Guy, that uh, this is a, a war of public relations as well. And uh, Israel is racing um, to prove that, that it was not an airstrike um, that hit this hospital. Of course, Hamas is blaming an Israeli airstrike. Israel is blaming another Palestinian group. And they're saying, look, there's no structural damage. We have video that this was not an air attack. Um, but it, but but it may not matter in the court of public opinion, at least in yeah. the Arab nations, because um, he, you know uh, he had the summit um, planned with with uh, the moderate leader of Palestine as well as heads of state for Egypt and Jordan, and they all canceled because they believe that Israel is responsible for this. Well, John Kirby is kind of spinning that the other way. He's saying, look, there is a three-day period of mourning, mourning that comes yeah. after something mm -hmm. like this, and so that would be a normal thing for them to do anyway, that it's not necessarily a political statement. And they have set up a phone call with the leaders of Egypt and the uh, Palestinian Authority for Mr. Biden on the way home. So he will be talking to them. It just won't be the big formal hoo-ha. Listen, this is a huge setback for the effort to try to get humanitarian aid in there. He mm -hmm. needs Israel's cooperation, I mean, uh, Egypt's cooperation as well as Israel's, as well as the Palestinian Authority that's working in Gaza. So that was, that's really, that's the casual, the big, well, maybe even the bigger casualty mm -hmm. is you've got millions of Palestinians needing humanitarian aid that now are going to be waiting yet again. And it seemed like Blinken may have actually been making some progress with the president of the Palestinian Authority, um, Mahmoud Abbas. Um, you know, they were smiling. They, they, they met a couple of times. And, of course, once this bombing happened, um, you know, uh, Abbas walked away from everything. So hopefully, hopefully the three days of mourning is the official explanation by then, hopefully, it, it'll come out that Israel had nothing to do with this. It'll be proven, and we can get back on as much of a diplomatic track as we, we can get mm -hmm. back on. Can we get back on track in the house? <laughs> I mean, no. Whose house? Uh, uh, yeah. house the people's okay, house. <laughs> the people's house in Washington. Oh, Apparently oh, not. We'll, oh, be, we'll be goodness. hearing from Tim Wahlberg, who took an elevator ride with Matt Gates. Yes, yesterday. Oh. Did Matt get off? And, uh, <laughs> well, he got, he got off question. on Matt Gates a little bit. And we'll, we'll hear from Tim Wahlberg on that. It was my kind question, of an interesting ride. My question in this whole thing is, where does Matt Gates get off? What a mess he started. <laughs> well, and know. that was kind of his question. He asked yeah. him, he said, look, it, was this part of your grand design that you boot McCarthy and then you can put your guy in there? But, mm -hmm. oh, uh, boy. you know, and... Uh, well, it, but it, kind of an interesting thing. 
he he doesn't appear to think that this will be long lasting. He thinks that by the you know a few votes in that some of these hardliners will find. But the one guy, one Michigan congressman, did not vote for Jim Jordan. John, John James. James, yeah, yeah, uh, voted for Congressman. Uh, I believe it's Tim Cole out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It was re- it was reported that John was. Uh, a, a New York Republican uh, in Hill dot com, and it was like, "Word." <laughs> well, uh, and the funny thing is, you know who actually got the most votes for Speaker yesterday? Hakeem Jeffries. Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, right. He was five votes well, away because, because the Democratic Party is unified. Ex- exactly. Well, and and I was talking about this Renee, with Renee earlier. Um, Pete Aguilar, uh, the guy who actually nominated Hakeem Jeffries, he started his speech with, "This is the history we never wanted to make," and it's like. Well, every single Democrat did vote to remove Kevin McCarthy, so you kind of did ask for it. No, I do not think that. This is a Republican issue, and the Democrats sort of just said, we'll let them do it. But they could be part of the solution. They could. Yeah, they and, could. Um, and, 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 you know, Jamie, I, I think kind of sort of the the perception is, well, they're, they're Democrats. Of co- course they're going to try to vote out the Republican, but... I mean, they smelled blood in the water. They they worked with Kevin McCarthy to to avoid a, a shutdown here. And I, I think the fact that they are Democrats and they can't possibly be expected, um, you know, to cross party lines, uh, they, they're kind of being let off the hook here. But who's putting the country first? Neither right. party. Neither one. This is a mess. Yeah. When the world is a mess. When the world, Right. Exactly. And when we need to have, you know, some stability over there and get some bills passed and things done, and they're playing these games here. Democrats would rather look have Republicans look incompetent. Republicans would apparently rather fight with each other and feather their own nests than, uh, than get the job done. We'll see what happens today. There's supposed to be another voter at 11 a.m. Let's just put everybody's names in a hat and draw one. I'm voting for Renee you, Renee. Vitale. Yes. You're it. You know, it. you bring people together. That's all we do. That's all we figure it out. My vote's for Commander Biden. He's not doing much these days. And, yeah. you know. But he's a badass. <laughs> he is. Yeah, all right. Keep it tuned here. JR Morning coming up next. First thing, Renee Vitale, Mike Parsons. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And it is first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale. It's cold and flu, COVID season again. How severe is it expected to be? And who's at greatest risk? Dr. Bina Nagapali, president of the Michigan Academy of Family Physicians and medical director at Ascension Southeast Michigan, tells us what we need to know on JR Morning. There was a recent article showing that uh, the rate of death in Michigan has finally fallen below where it was prior to COVID. And that now in the, the list of risks that we face that now flu is among the the, the higher ones uh, in addition to cancer and things like that. In fact, amongst the viral things, it is uh, the, the largest threat. And that's why there is a full court press underway to make sure that we get good information on the flu vaccine this year and to make sure uh, that families embrace that to keep us on the job, to keep us in school and to keep us healthy. Dr. Bina Nagapala is president of the Michigan Academy of Family Physicians and medical director at Ascension Southeast Michigan. Uh, and we welcome uh, we welcome you in, Dr. Nagapala. Good morning. Thank you for having me. In, in terms of the flu this year, we know that the flu got off to a very uh, tough start last year. What is, uh, what, what so far is it offering us this year? Why is it so important that we get vaccinated? 
So the flu season still hasn't started. We are seeing some cases, uh, but I think the peak is yet to come, especially with the holidays around the uh, corner. So I, I think that uh, people should get vaccinated. That's the best way to protect themselves against flu is to get vaccinated. Um, and vaccines are available for ages six months and above. Um, I recommend both young um, babies six months and above to older people who are immuno and or immunocompromised to get their vaccines as soon as possible. Uh, doctor, there's some vaccine hesitancy, especially among pregnant moms right now. What would you say to those women that you know are pregnant and about to have a baby and how important it is? So pregnancy can increase your complications uh, from the flu. Um, it, it's, it's very safe to get the flu shot while uh, getting being pregnant. Uh, there's uh, statistics outside that there's only 50% of pregnant women who get the flu shot. So we really need to increase this number. Um, by getting flu shot, they can protect themselves and their unborn babies since newborns have very little immunity on their own. And since newborns cannot be vaccinated, uh, you know, it's best moms get vaccines um, during pregnancy. It's also get, uh, safe to get flu shots while breastfeeding. Uh, the flu shot cannot cause your nursing uh, baby to get sick. So it's best to get pre- uh, vaccinated during pregnancy or if you're breastfeeding. Uh, Dr. Nagapala, you know, as Jamie says, a big, a great deal of vaccine uh, fatigue out there and, you know, asking people this year to get not just one vaccine, but to get the um, flu vaccine as well as covid uh, has that been uh, a pretty hard sell? Sometimes uh, I think that flu ha- flu vaccine has been, uh, you know, I've been given for years now, and I think people are more uh, eager to get flu than COVID. But I I think that people are realizing that they want to be healthy, especially with the holidays, and uh, uh, you know, I, they are getting the flu vaccine. Um, in my practice, we've been having flu shot days where people come and get their flu vaccine. So, um, and you can get your flu vaccine at your pharmacy, at your doctor's office, at, um, uh, you know, at the health department and our school-based clinics give them out to uh, the kids um, if, if needed. You know, I, there, there is concern and it's been expressed by friends of mine. Yeah, I know I should get my flu shot. I know I should probably get a COVID shot, but they're also telling me to get RSV. Um, are those three necessary for everybody and and who should be thinking about getting all of them who should be thinking about maybe just getting the covid or the flu or maybe just the flu so rsv is recommended rsv vaccine is recommended for 65 and above right now uh, cdc recommends that so that's the population that i encourage them to get their rsv vaccine um, especially those who have copd or asthma uh, or immunocompromised, they are at high risk, uh, and uh, I, I recommend them to get um, 60 and above, but um, but 65 and above, I truly recommend them to get. But it is recommended for 60 and above, I'm sorry. It is recommended for 60 and above RSV vaccine. Doctor, can you just break it down very in easy terms? What happens when you get a vaccine? What is being put into our body, and how does that help us? So vaccines, there are different kinds of vaccines out there, but the, what vaccine does is it, it, it induces an immune response to that virus that is either inactivated or just a portion of the virus, just uh, like our COVID vaccines, the mRNA portion. So it induces an, um, an immune response. So when you actually get the disease, 
where you actually get the flu virus in your system or COVID virus or the RSV virus, you have already have antibodies produced to fight against this illness that you have uh, and recover quickly and sometimes have no symptoms, sometimes have symptoms, but you are up and about um, much sooner than uh, if you didn't have the vaccine or you didn't have the immune response uh, already elicited in your uh, body. You know, and doctor, people were so preoccupied with COVID. I mean, for a couple of years, uh, flu was, was very low. And was that because people were masked up and, and were wearing masks and that, did that keep... And social distancing. Yeah, social distancing. Yes, did that keep yes, people... Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, I think that was the case. But last year we saw an, um, a big increase in flu since uh, masking was removed. But, um, you know, among, of course... With getting vaccine, you also have to avoid close contact with people who are sick, hand washing, other preventative actions that you can take when you're sick, cover your coughs, cover your sneezes. This can also help prevent influenza. And I want to tell you that flu can be fatal. I mean, the the, uh, people can die of flu. So it is important to get vaccinated, uh, uh, hand wash, protect yourself uh, with the spread of the flu. Yeah, well, I I can tell you that a few years ago I got double pneumonia from the flu and uh, <laughs> wasn't fun. Uh, it wasn't fun. I neglected myself, no, I... and uh, my wife would tell you she saved my life, and I won't disagree because <laughs> uh, she finally forced me to go to a hospital. But um, y- you know, there there are concerns out there that that folks say, well, you know, I, I'm going to feel worse with the shot than if I don't get it. What are the the anticipated uh, side effects that we might have from this flu shot, brief as they may be? So you can have uh, chills. You can have some people have low grade fevers. Some people have muscle aches and pains. But for the most part, most people have very minimal symptoms, such as just runny nose, maybe. So um, it, and they should only last twenty four hours, twenty four to forty hours. Now, and it's the sign that the vaccine's working, right? It could be that you're eliciting an immune response to the vaccine, yes. I grew up in a house of doctors, and we got vaccinated every fall, and they were very interested. And now my baby and my husband, and, you know, we try and protect I'm ourselves so, at our house anyway. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm very yeah. happy to hear that. The yeah. irony is is that, you know, people resented the fact that schools were shut down during COVID. The fact is, if you're really interested in your child staying in class, then you also need to get them vaccinated, vaccinated because, yeah. you know, a, a child gets the flu can be up to two weeks before they get back. That's right. My little baby got the two-shot flu vaccine, and she's she's good to go. Yes, yeah. I, that's six months. That's the first time. And, you know, you have shots for children. You have uh, nasal uh, vaccine. Um, I know my daughter it, it does not like the shot. She's 20 years old, and she still gets the nasal <laughs> vaccine. So uh, she did get the shot last year, but yeah. So you have options out there that uh, you can, you know, that you can get with the flu vaccine. Dr. Bina Nagapala, we appreciate uh, the uh, Michigan Academy of Family Physicians and the word that you're trying to get out there. That it's it's time to consider that. We should also, uh, if if you've got questions, consult with your local family physician as well and lean yeah. on them for the best information uh, of a more individual yeah. variety. Thank you for your time.